Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and this is going to be a big show, a huge show. So before we go too far into things, let me talk about last week's episode real quick. Last week I recorded two full versions of the show and one kind of half version that wasn't going great so I stopped recording. Well, it turns out it's a good thing that I did that because there was some weird clicking noises in the audio. So I took those three versions that I recorded and I turned that into the final product that you heard last week. So the problem is it sounded very weird, I thought anyway. It sounded very strange. And the reason why is because it come it came from three different recordings and sometimes I'm talking like this and sometimes I'm talking like this. So it was a it was a very very bizarre episode. So that's why that one was so out of the ordinary. Also, it was 16 minutes. I hardly ever do a show that's 16 minutes. A lot of editing in that, which is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that going forward, edit the shows. I need to do that. I just usually record and then upload, and it's not a great way to do it. Moving on, this is going to be a big show. We're going to talk about VW. We're going to talk about Tesla, of course. We're going to talk about Fisker and a bunch of other things. And at the very end, We're going to do the Model Y reveal. I'm really excited about it. I don't want to take too much of your time. Just real quick, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, and you can support the show there. We have two videos to talk about um, that I posted in the show notes. One is Bob Lutz saying Tesla's going to fail at whatever Tesla's doing this week, and it's not going to work. And the other one is Rivian has basically commercials for their products, and they're really pretty well shot, and I highly encourage you to take a peek. Okay, our first article comes from Fred Lambert at Electric. VW wants to build more than 20 electric models and produce more than 22 million EVs in the next 10 years. VW's CEO, Herbert Dice, basically said VW is taking responsibility for its dodgy past. And in related news, VW will open pre-orders for the all-electric hatchback on May 8th, and the production version of the hatchback will be here this fall. So here's some information on the hatchback. First, uh, it's going to start about around $30,000. We don't have any official numbers, but around $30,000 US. It should have a range starting at 205 miles or 330 kilometers to 280 miles or 450 kilometers. 
At first, I thought this car was ugly, but honestly, I'm starting to come around and think it's kind of neat looking. This next story comes from Inside EV's Mark Kane. VW wants to sell its EV platform, the Modular Electric Toolkit, MEB, to other auto manufacturers, and they want to sell them to as many people or auto manufacturers as they can because VW wants to use the profits to improve the platform and lower their costs. It makes total sense. Our next story is an autoblog story written by Jonathan Ramsey. Fisker is teasing, and by teasing I mean they're trying to get their name in the news before um, Tesla announced the, announces the Model Y. Anyway, they're teasing a forty-ish thousand-dollar EV crossover. Uh, if you've never seen a Fisker, go out and take a peek. They're really nice-looking cars, but they're also extremely expensive. So forty thousand dollars—it's a good price for them to be in, and uh, a good market for them to be in at the moment. The car will be built in the la- in the United States and will launch in 2021. We'll know more about it on March 18th, and I'm looking forward forward to seeing what they show off. It's going to be real exciting. Our next article comes from Dominic Yoni from Inside EVs. So now we have a we have a tiny bit of information on the more affordable affordable version of the Polestar 2. It's going to start around the $44,000 39,000 euro price range. It's going to have a single motor and production will begin in 2020. Like I said, it's just a little tiny bit of information, but a lot of people are excited about the Polestar 2, and rightfully so. It's a good-looking car. Fred Lambert from Electric. President Trump's administration is proposing ending the tax credit for EVs. We don't know if this is going to happen. It's just a proposal in the budget, but we'll keep an eye on it. Green Car reports Eric C. Everts. Fiat Chrysler has invested $4.5 billion into a manufacturing plant in Michigan, and it looks like they're going to electrify their Jeep lineup. And whether that means hybrid or full EVs, it doesn't matter. It's super cool. A lot of people love Jeeps. Super popular car in the United States. And I'm excited to see what they come up with. Our next story comes from Cleaning Technica's Steve Hanley. NEO isn't going to build its own factory in Shanghai. So we did a story a couple weeks ago about NEO working with JAC Motors to build their current car, but eventually they were going to build their own factory and start building their own vehicles. Well, they're not going to do that anymore, which makes total sense because last year JAC only made 12,750 ES8s, which is not a lot. There's the ES6, which is NEO's more affordable SUV, but it looks like the money's not there. It doesn't make sense to build that factory. And I say, great, uh, do it when the money makes sense because I don't want NEO to be the next Faraday future. And that has nothing to do with the fact that I own stock in the company and I want them to succeed. It has to do with, I think they're a really neat company. I very much like what they're doing and I would like them to expand out of China to other countries so that I could be a part of that culture, maybe possibly own one of their vehicles. After the 60-minute segment that we talked about last week, their stock price reached $12. But after their earnings report, it was down $6.39 as the time as of the time of this recording. So wah, 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 wah. not great. Our next story comes from Fred Lambert. 
if you've been listening to the show for a while, this isn't going to be big news, but I thought I'd follow up on it. Tesla's acquiring a car hauling company in California. So we talked about this a little bit. Last year, they couldn't find enough trucking capacity to ship their Model 3s, S, and Xs. So instead of trying to use third-party haulers, they're just going to buy their own company. So we knew they were planning on buying one of these companies, but we didn't know who. Now we do. It's Central Valley Auto Transportation, excuse me, Central Valley Auto Transport, and they're going to receive $13 million in Tesla stock. Again, that only acquires part of the company. And I'm going to guess that it acquires the car hauling part of the company, not the, you know, goods hauling part of the company. But $13 million in Tesla stock, not too shabby. No more info on the fleet that it's requiring, like how many are acquiring, like how many trucks they're getting, the drivers and all that kind of stuff. But still good news if you want to, you know, get your Tesla in a timely manner, which makes sense. Here's another Fred Lambert story of electric. The Model 3 is launching in Mexico. Now, about 25% of the Model 3's parts actually come from Mexico, which is just kind of a neat, odd fact that I threw in there. Tesla still has a fixed number of lines for the Model 3. So, you know, I think it's four lines that they're building Model 3s for. So in those four lines, they're building Model 3s for Canada, the United States, Europe, all of Europe, and China, and now Mexico. So they're not technically, even though they're opening up in launching in Mexico, they can't. They still can't build more cars than they have lines. I mean, they, they have four lines. They can only build so many cars on that line. So they're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit. But if you're in Mexico and you want a Model 3, this is good news. Now, overall sales don't amount to much. Last year, they sold about 20,000 cars between the Model S and the Model X. So it's not a huge amount. Our next story comes from Inside EV's Eric Loveday. Unless Elon is pulling our leg on Twitter, which is possible, um, and also maybe a violation of his agreement with the SEC, we won't be previewing the Tesla truck at the Model Y March 14th event. Yeah. So according to Elon, we're going to find out about the Tesla truck a little bit later this year. Here's another story written by Fred Lambert. Tesla needs battery cells for its gigafactory in China. That makes sense. They are talking to CATL, which is China's largest battery cell manufacturer for EVs. As far as we know, there's no contract yet, but it's good news because Tesla is going to need to source battery cells from several different suppliers to ensure a continued flow of cells so they can build the Model 3 and now the Model Y. So this is, this is great news. Really excited to hear that. This next story comes from the Associated Press. Elon and his legal team have put forth their argument that Elon did not violate the agreement he made with the SEC. Elon maintains the information he tweeted was already disclosed. And I, basically looking at the disclosures, I agree with him. It was already disclosed. But this all comes down to Elon saying Tesla will produce 500,000 vehicles in 2019. And then later there was a tweet that said, well, we'll deliver in the 400,000. I can't remember what the exact number was, but we'll produce 500,000. We'll see where that goes. But the judge has the information, so we'll see what happens with that. These next two stories come from Simon Alvarez. First up, will the production of the Model Y be the start of the alien dreadnought that Elon was talking about? 
Uh, I know Elon really wanted the Model 3 to be the beginning of the alien dreadnought, but that didn't work out so well. And they kind of did a mea culpa and they're like, oh, no, we actually need humans because Flufferbot can't do the job. Um, so let's talk about the Model Y. It's rumored that Gigafactory 1 is already building lines for the Model Y, which makes sense because I think Elon said that they would be doing that. And when Gigafactory 3 in China gets up and going, of course, they're going to have lines for the Model Y. This is a blank canvas for them to work in. This isn't at the Fremont factory where everybody, you know, they're trying to squeeze in as many lines as they can in the factory that's already kind of bursting. So they have a blank canvas for which to work from. And we'll see if they can start producing Model Ys at a higher capacity than the Model 3s, but I don't think this is going to make significant gains uh, toward the alien dreadnought. It's just not. But it is going to be more efficient than Model 3 production and ramp up for sure. Tesla is installing its version 3 supercharger at its LA Design Center just in time for the Model Y event. So just some facts about version 3. You can charge at 1,000 miles per hour, it's up to 250 kilowatts per vehicle. Now, from what I understand with version 2, some of that was shared, but it's 250 kilowatts no matter how many people are charging on version 3 chargers. Now, Model S and Model X can't take full advantage of the uh, version 3 experience, and that's likely due to the 18650 batteries that they have in them. Model Y and Model 3, though, they have the advantage because they can take full advantage of the charging. Our next article comes from two different folks. Clean Technica's Dr. Maximilian Holland. Awesome, Maximilian Holland. That's such a good name. And Fred Lambert of Electric. Tesla announced that they were going to close many of its stores, and that was going to allow them to sell the Model 3 at a cheaper price and finally sell the $35,000 version of the Model 3. Well, it turns out, after Tesla released some information, 78% of all Model 3s were sold online in 2018. So out of 140,000 models that were sold last year, 110,000 of them were sold online. And 82% of buyers did not take a test drive. So I can see where they say, well, the the stores may not be necessary. However, for finance reasons, I see why that makes sense. Um... I think it's just, I think closing all the stores is a mistake. Uh, in Scottsdale, there are two Tesla stores, and they're not that far apart. Now, Scottsdale has a lot of money, but do we really need two? Maybe close one of those if you want to close a store, um, and then ship the people that are at one of the stores, the closing store, to the store that's remaining open. Um, but... My wife needs to sit in a car and touch a car before buying it. Now, I've bought in cars. I've purchased cars off of eBay before. I'm fine with it. But my wife, she's not that kind of a person. She needs to sit down. She needs to know if she likes it or not. And she is a person that instantly knows if she likes something or if she doesn't like it. There's no, there's no um, wavering for her. And if she can't see or feel or drive the car, she's not going to buy the car. And that makes total sense because it's, you know, it's all about personal choice and personal experiences, and that's just hers. So if Tesla didn't have this kind of a thing, I'm not sure how I would end up getting a Tesla, to be honest with you. Okay, this next part of the story is the Fred Lambert part. 
Tesla is by moving to online sales, they're leaving a lot of retail employees with a huge pay cut. The po- employees that are going to stick around, we'll talk more about the retail stores later. Um, so what Tesla said is we're going to move to online stores. We're going to close a bunch of these uh, stores. You know, we're just going to lay off all these employees. Well, that got a lot of pushback and Tesla's like, okay, we're going to walk back that plan. We're only going to close the stores that are in obscure locations um, we're going to raise the prices on the Model 3 versions 3% on every version except for the $35,000 model. And uh, we're going to bring employees back. So even though the employees are coming back, they will no longer receive compensation like they, they had. They're not going to get commissions and they're not going to get bonuses. So they're just going to get a straight salary. I'm not really sure how this is going to affect the employees, but based on the person that I was talking to during my test drive, that sounds like that's going to cut into his income quite a bit. But we'll see how they structure that and we'll keep an eye on it. In other Tesla HR related news, Tesla's going to lay off one half to one third. Let me start over. <clears throat> In other Tesla HR-related news, Tesla is going to lay off one-third to one-half of its recruiting team around the world. And that's going to be about 150 people. Overall, the goal is obviously to cut costs, and these employees are going to receive a severance package. But right now, Tesla has about 45,000 employees. At their current state, I can't imagine that they'll be growing in any significant way in the short term. Again, I don't like it when people get laid off or get their pays, um, their income cut, their salary cut. But it does seem to make sense that you got to make, you know, sacrifices somewhere. I'm not sure how much money Tesla's going to save by doing this, but Tesla does need to be really efficient. Now, just to keep things fair, this is from Reuters. VW is cutting 7,000 jobs as it moves to EVs. And Fiat Chrysler is recalling recalling 862,000 vehicles, a little bit more than that, that don't meet admission standards. And these cars are sold between 2011 and 2016, and they are the Dodge Avenger, the Caliber, and the Journey, and the Chrysler 200. So you can read more about that in the show notes. Okay, our final story today comes from Fred Lambert at Electric, Bloomberg, and Business Insider. So we talked about this summer about the Business Insider report that Tesla was wasting huge amounts of money and there was lots of crime and theft going on at the Gigafactory. So that was first reported in Business Insider on June 4th, 2018. And Basically, what it said was Tesla was wasting huge amounts of money and raw materials at Gigafactory 1 to build the Model 3. The article received documents showing that 40% of the materials used to build the batteries and the drive units were being scrapped or reworked. Now, as we know, these documents were obtained by Martin Tripp. They went on to report that uh, 1,000 pieces of non-conforming material, which is scrap or junk, from every 2,500 battery packs or drive units. Let me... Our final story comes from Electric, Bloomberg, and Business Insider. 
Now, if you remember, Business Insider reported on June 4th, 2018, that Tesla was wasting huge amounts of money and raw material at Gigafactory 1. And this is to build the Model 3. The article received documents showing that 40% of the materials used to build the drive units and batteries were being scrapped or reworked. Now, they obtained these documents from Martin Tripp, and the article went on to say that out of 2,500 battery packs or drive units, 1,000 pieces of non-conforming material, scrap or junk, were generated. So that's a, that's a pretty significant amount of scrap. About half of that uh, amount, the 1,000 uh, pieces of scrap, could be reworked and used, but the other half had to be scrapped. Now, the article proposed that Tesla spent nearly $150 million on scrap materials in the first six months of 2018, which is significant, or it seems significant to me. Tesla said this number was overstated. Um, their quote, as is expected with any new manufacturing process, we had high scrap rates early in the Model 3 ramp. This is something we planned for and is a normal part of the production ramp. Makes total sense. So that was in 2018. Let's talk about 2019. We're going to recap a little bit of 2018 in this, I guess. As I stated before, Martin Tripp leaked all of this information to the Business Insider. Tripp claimed that he was an idealist. Elon said that he was a saboteur. We don't know where the truth lies. Um, they both had a very public beef. Uh, there was emails and, and Twitter uh, tweets back and forth and all sorts of stuff. But that brings us to Sean Guthrow, a security manager at Tesla, former security manager at Tesla. He was brought in to bring order to the Gigafactory. Now, this is what he found when um, he got to the Gigafactory. But before I say that, I guess, Guthrow has filed an SEC whistleblower report, which affords him some protection so he won't get in uh, trouble if any of these things are true. So he claims that the security team behaved unethically in efforts to catch the leaker, who was Trip. Some of those unethical deeds include hacking Trip's phone. Um, they had Trip followed. They misled police about the surveillance. Gunthrow said that Guthrow, excuse me, said that Trip did not hack anything at Tesla or was part of any sort of sabotage. Elon was spreading misinformation to damage Tripp's reputation. Um, this is from Guthrow's point of view. Tesla has denied the allegations. The Tesla spokesperson pointed out that Guthrow never raised any of his concerns until he was fired for poor, for poor, for, excuse me, for poor performance. Guthrow stated his performance reviews were mostly positive. And I ask, what does mostly mean? Because if you have six positive reviews and four poor reviews, that's mostly positive, right? Um, I'm not not 100% sure that says anything one way or the other, uh, which is uh, weird that they put that in there. Anyway, Guthrow quoted, They had the ability to do things that I didn't even know existed, he said. It scared the expletive out of me. So, you know, obviously he's going on to say, that this kind of stuff was um, Tesla's security arm was overreaching, doing more than they should have. Guthrie found out um, 
So during his time as security manager, he found that some employees were living in their cars at the edges of the industrial park. And I don't know if they were doing that because it was so far to get out there or if they were truly homeless. Um, Team members were having relations in different parts of the factory. Some of the team members were using cocaine and meth in the bathrooms at Gigafactory 1. And then local scrapyards would call Guthrow and inform him that people were trying to sell parts for electric vehicles. Now, I'm not going to go back um, and talk about every single piece of Martin Tripp's story, because honestly, we don't have time for that. And you guys can look that up for yourselves if you really want to. Uh, There's also go back to June. I talked about it almost every episode for at least five episodes. But my opinion of Martin Tripp was that he was kind of a a shady cat. So I wasn't real, not saying he's lying, because I would never say that, because you never know. But he didn't seem like he was forthright. Like he leaked all this information to Business Insider, but he did not file for the SEC whistleblower report. Um, He did that much, much later, later. And just the interactions between him and Elon just seems very immature. And it's immature on both parts. I'm not saying it's just Martin Tripp. Um, Now, I don't know this Guthrow guy. He was a former Marine. He's about 32 years old. He is, he looks like a Greek god, if I'm being honest, or Norse god. Um, Big dude. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see that Tripp's, some of Tripp's, uh, some of Tripp's, It's interesting to see that some of Martin Tripp's, uh, I guess, allegations can be corroborated by at least one person. If he was a security manager, he would have a fair bit of information on that particular time. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, Now we are going to, I'm going to stop the show. And tomorrow when Model 3, or excuse me, when the Model Y is released, um, Okay, right now I'm going to stop the show. The next time you hear... Okay, right now I'm going to stop the show. I'm going to wait until tomorrow, and then we'll have the Model Y reveal. And then from that, I will do a show on the Model Y reveal. I will tack it to the end of this show. So it's going to be a very, very long show, but it should be also very exciting. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. I'm not going to play the theme music because, again, here in a few seconds, the Model Y reveal will be live. See you then. Okay, everybody, let's talk about the Model Y reveal. What did everybody think? I was a little disappointed. Not in the overall event, the Model Y, when they showed it off, I was a little disappointed. But I'll tell you why. When we get to that point in the show, uh, first of all, did the event start on time? No, it did not, but it wasn't too late. Elon came out and he was jovial. He was in a good mood throughout the event. He played with the crowd and talked back and forth and acknowledged the audience, which is a really good thing because it shows, you know, that he is a human and not a robot in the simulation. They gave a little history of each of the Tesla vehicles. They showed off the Tesla Roadster, which is a fantastic looking car, the new Roadster. I'm not a person that would buy a sports car. However, 
I would really consider buying this sports car if I had the money because it is so beautiful. It doesn't matter what color it's in. I'm just so attracted to that car. I guess maybe blue wouldn't look great on it, but saw a red one last night. I've seen a white one in the past. It's just a great looking car. And Tesla does white better than any other car company for sure. So Hulilan came out, he talked about the vehicles and he talked about how difficult it is to manufacture at scale. At one point he says basically that it's easy to build a prototype. It's hard to build these cars on mass, which Tesla's done very publicly for sure. Built the Model 3 at mass and the Model X and all of their problems have been displayed out there for everybody to see. So they're building these cars in public pretty much, which is diff- has to be difficult because if you have a couple missteps, the press is all over you. And they talked about Tesla's history and uh, they said 2019 will be the year of solar and battery storage. So all the cells and lines were getting batteries ready for the Model 3. Now they can start diverting some stuff back to the power wall and power pack and that kind of thing. Talked about the history of the supercharger. Good news for our Canadian listeners. You can now drive across, well, not now. You will soon be able to drive across Canada because they have a Saskatchewan supercharger coming up. There's a supercharger going in Kazakhstan. Elon decided that while he was on stage. And yeah, that was kind of it. To be honest, when they brought the Model Y out, there were so many vehicles on the stage, it was really hard to get an idea as to what the Model Y looked like. The lighting wasn't fantastic. You know, Elon, I think, had a spot on him, spotlight on him, and it was kind of dark and shadowy. Maybe they did that on purpose, I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't get a good grasp on what this car looked like. Uh, to me, it looked like just a, a more bubble-shaped version of the Model 3, couldn't tell if it was bigger or smaller, how high it sat up or how low it was. It definitely isn't as high as my like CX-9, for instance, Mazda CX-9. It's not as, it doesn't look like it's as high as the Model X. The Model X isn't that, that tall. So I need to see it next to a Model 3 or and or a regular car. Like I don't consider the Model X to be that big of a car, and the Model Y looks so much smaller than the Model X on stage. The Model Y has got 66 cubic feet on the interior for the passenger space. And to give you an idea, like a Ford Escape has 98 cubic feet on the interior. I think uh, the Model X has something like 80 cubic feet. Um, I didn't look that up. So don't quote me. That's just me thinking. And as we all know, I'm not very good at thinking. But yeah, it's a more bubble-shaped Model 3. The top range will be 300 miles. It's going to have an optional third row for seven seats. Yeah, the Model X is around 80 cubic feet. You know, on the inside, not that much smaller than the X, but probably not that much bigger than the Model 3 from what it looks like. It's just really hard to tell. And even the people that were at the event had a really hard time getting a, like a grasping what this car looked like because it was dark and the people that got the rides, it was dark in the back seat. And so they, they weren't able to like film the beautiful panoramic roof that this car has. It looks gorgeous. But they weren't able to take advantage of filming that because it was so dark. And uh, everybody pretty much said the same thing. It's really hard to get a grasp. Other than this car looks very much like the Model 3 on the inside, it's really hard to get a grasp of the overall look and feel of the car because it was so dark outside. But let's get into the specs. So the Model Y standard range is going to give you 230 miles. Top speed is 120, 0 to 16, 5.9 seconds. It's going to start at $39,000. 
and it will be sometime released sometime around spring of 2021. The Model Y long range will give you 300 miles, top speed of 130, 0 to 60 in 5.5 seconds. Price is going to be 47000 and that will be fall of 2020. And Model Y dual motor, all-wheel drive, will give you a range of 280 miles, top speed of 135 miles an hour, 0 to 60 in 4.8 seconds, and it's going to cost $51,000, also fall of 2020. And the Model Y Performance will have a range of 280 miles, top speed of 150, 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, which I'm sure is a lot of fun. Uh, Price at $60,000 and available fall of 2020. Now, we all know that Tesla's terrible at deadlines. They're terrible at meeting their deadlines. Elon tells us a date, and it's months or even a year later that we actually get the product. What would be nice if Tesla pushed this out and they're like, you know what, we're going to say fall of 2020, but we think we can get it summer or spring of 2020 and surprise everybody. Instead of missing deadlines, hitting a deadline and beating a deadline would be huge for the company. And that would make a lot of people happy. Now you can reserve the Model Y for $2,500. Here's the thing. And I'm only basing this off of the Model 3. The Model 3 was released, and then it was so much longer before the $35,000 vehicle was released. And now I could pretty much order a Model 3 without any sort of down payment or reservation. I can order a Model 3 and have it here within a couple of weeks. So when I looked at that and I looked at $2,500, I was like, I don't don't really need to put down money, especially when there's so much to do to the house. I don't really need to put down money to reserve this car because if I want to buy this car in 2021 or 2022, which is right around the time when I'm going to need to get rid of my Mazda because that'll make it 10 years old, I'll just be able to buy one. I'm not going to part from my $2,500. This looks like a, a really neat looking car. But honestly, if it doesn't sit up high, it might as well be a Model 3. So if it doesn't sit up higher, because my wife likes to sit high, that makes her feel safe. And I like it too, to be honest with you. But if this car doesn't sit that much higher than a Model 3, I think I would rather buy the Model 3. The reason why we would buy this car in my household is because on the days that I'm at home, my wife would drive it to work because she drives further than I do on the days that I'm home. In the days that I go to work, I drive further than she does. So I would take that car to work and she would take the other car. So there's really no need for us to have the, the Model Y if it doesn't tick that box. And I don't know where everybody else is sitting or thinking about this. If you have an opinion, please email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Sorry I'm getting this out so late. We have some family stuff happen, and we needed to get that taken care of uh, before I felt comfortable recording. But right now, everything's taken care of, so fingers crossed. uh, Everything will remain good, and uh, yeah, everything will get better, so I hope. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. That's the whole show. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for listening, and I will catch you next week.